Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402-99 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. First and foremost, I would love to welcome you, Jennifer, to the We Don't Play podcast show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm great, Faber, and thank you for having me. It's This guesting thing is new for me, so you're probably one of the first five shows I've been on. Wow, that's a record. Okay, okay, yay. I, I love to hear that because I'm also in the same boat as you. I'm not featured on so many podcasts, but when I am, it's it's serious. So I know I know how you feel right now, but it's such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. Putting that different hat on is a it's a switch. We really do have to flip a switch, don't we? Exactly, we do. But you know, we have to keep trying. We have to keep going, and that's the reason why you're here today. You know, because people have tapped into the episode knowing that they're about to expect some really good advice, you know, on how to, you know, increase your online presence, online visibility, you know, world that everybody's online today. So before we get into that, it would be great for us to know who you are, who Jennifer is, and just let's start from there. Wow. I'm Jennifer Palmer, and I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I am a mother, sister, daughter, friend, colleague, and I am a visibility strategist. So I care about your online presence and I help people build that through my businesses. So I have the newest is Visibility Pod and Online for Authors, Promote Before You Publish. And we are Calgary, are all podcast platforms that I use to help get visibility help share messages and create conversations i love what you said about that just now online visibility is this a problem we're facing or people don't know how to face it it's a perspective and i just want to make sure i put the right frame around this because visibility is something we create And in order to create it, we really have to be clear about the conversations we want to be having and who we want to be having them with. Mm. So visibility is an intention and there is an absolute way to create it once you get those factors down and clarified. Exactly. I love that because, you know, a lot of people are on different platforms and it's already stressful to be on one, <laughs> but to be on three, four, five, six, seven, and you're supposed to do it every day, 365, someone is like, no, I have a, I have work, I have a family, I have a job, I have things to do. I don't care for social media, but I want to be seen. So how does someone face their fears and not overwhelm themselves? It helps to be self-aware of the fact that we create the stress number one 
we create it. Okay, so not being clear about the conversations that we're passionate about and who we want to have them with creates that stress. Not having a strategy and repurposing content creates that stress. You don't have to be everywhere all the time to be highly visible and engage. You need strategy. And that's really the key is that our mental health requires that we eliminate the stress, create a strategy, have purposeful intent, intent energy around those conversations and the engagement that we're having. Mm. Now, when you talk about strategy, what comes to my mind if I put my business hat on is what are the steps I'm going to take with this strategy to accomplish my mission? And some people don't have that business mindset. They don't have a creative mindset. And those are things that, and a technical mindset, because it's, it's also a technical part of the equation. So understanding all these bits and being part of a strategy is one thing. But how does someone take themselves out of that and just focus on the human-to-human relationship? So I'm going to ask a couple of questions to help you do that. And it is... How are you providing opportunities and fostering participation? How are you doing that in your strategy? That's one big question to answer. And to dive down deep in all the different ways, when you start to answer that, continue to explore what comes up when you answer that question. And then, where is it natural to start? Because we have to start somewhere. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have is that we try to start everywhere. Do a little bit everywhere. And it's a big deal to start somewhere. That one person, that one place, that one event, that one podcast, those sorts of things. And then take what you've already created and share it in all of the other places. So the repurpose part is very powerful. But big deal, fostering participation. Where, how, and with who. Mm. That that sends it home really well. I like that you said that because now it gives me a perspective of thinking, what are the people expected from me? Because on a consistent basis, I'm delivering information. And if I stay on track, on brand, you know, on topic, it resonates eventually because someone can listen to this podcast, may have no clue what's going on. Six months later, comes back and they're like, uh-huh, that's what you were talking about. So I think it's also a process thing as opposed to just being a mind thing. There are ways to do different things, certainly. So when we get down to the conversation we want to have and with who, we can then start to create out of awareness about who that person is, what their interests are, the characteristics, their needs, their preferences, you can start to actually bring it right down to specific, and we say keywords and hashtags, and create conversations that are findable and searchable. So, and we do that in different ways. So knowing who the person is that you're speaking to in the conversation you're having gives you the ability to create content that is for them. It's personalized. Mm, Personalized. Now, when you say personalized, that goes into different types of consumer behavior traits too. 
so would you would you repurpose the same content through different platforms and be sensitive to the community or would you just go by what your brand is supposedly thinking at that time I'm going to give you an example. I did this with online for authors. When I first created it, uh, I did interviews with authors and I, I just put it out on YouTube. Right. So then I would share it out on my social channels, share it out in my newsletter. And then it was like podcasting came along. My authors were getting on podcasts. So people I was interviewing would get on a show with me, but then they would also get on a podcast and we'd share the podcast out on their social platforms. And I went, you know, this is a platform I need to add to what I'm doing. So took the YouTube videos, took the audio out of the video and created a podcast with the same content. So there are ways to um, create visibility on different platforms with the way that that platform works with your content. I also transcribe the podcasts so that the content can go out as a blog or a link or an article, those sorts of things. So yes, definitely all types of ways to take and, and repurpose the content specific for the platform. Now, I'm a generalist, okay? So I'm not gonna give you specific tips for each platform unless I'm directly working with you. But I, I wanna share that if that's something that you're more interested in, there are all of the social media, media scheduling services out there, every single one of them, Buffer, Hootsuite, Ladder, uh, Planoly, all of those platforms, uh, sorry, services, four platforms, will have fantastic articles geared to every single one of TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, every single one of them, because they're monitoring them on a regular basis. They'll come out with a uh, top platforms for engagement for 2022, top content to engage on Instagram. So those are your best friends if you want to get down to creating it on your own. When you're hiring somebody else, that's where the visibility strategist part comes in. We'll actually give you advice specific to you specific to what the product service or book that you're trying to promote thank you so much for highlighting that because when you started talking about those things it came to my mind with visibility from an audio versus video perspective you know people think about podcasts or vodcasts they think about blogs or vlogs so if someone decides to go vlog, vodcast, and somebody else decides to go blog, podcast, does that limit their visibility in a way, or should they try them all and see what works? It's like anything else. If you're not on a specific platform, you're not going to find a person there. So you can't be where you aren't. You mm -hmm. can't be found where you're not. So yes, it can be limiting. I start with an interview like this, recorded content. And then I can turn it into anything I want. That's the key to the repurposing. That's why you start with video. That's why video is the king of content. Because it can be taken and turned into everything else. <clears throat> you know what you've mentioned right now has lit a bulb for a lot of people. Because... 
they get overwhelmed with the creativity process and they undermine the potential of that one post or that one blog or those 30 seconds that can start a LinkedIn conversation, but they're so focused on, I need to post today, instead of figuring out what have I already said that hasn't been heard. Yeah, and it's really eight seconds. So we get eight seconds of someone's attention before they decide whether or not they want more of us. So again, coming back to the fact that online presence, online visibility, creating visibility, and grabbing someone's attention for you is definitely the focus, but your mental health is more important, you know? So the easiest way, the friendliest way to maximize your efforts is video. And then go from there. It gives you everything, like, so take the video, repurpose it in little bite-sized pieces. We've got a, maybe a 15-minute to 45-minute interview that we can create a year's worth of content out of. One year. Hmm. It doesn't have to be hard. When someone hears one year, 45 minutes, now they're wondering how. <laughs> I think that's the next question. <laughs> I should actually coin it this way. Your 52-minute interview is 52 pieces of content. Let me show you how. That makes so, sense. And, and that's why. That makes sense. Right? Mm-hmm. We can turn a minute into so many pieces of content for so many different platforms. So if you do this once a quarter, then what? Hmm. That's good. I like that challenge. I really do like that challenge. Because <laughs> it's 52 minutes. You know, it's a minute each week. And in that week, you can stretch it out to three posts or, you know, three pins or three, you know, stories or three room talks or three spaces. Like, you don't have to repeat yourself. You just have to be on topic and you have to stay on brand. And I think that's a good challenge you've given a lot of people to think about. So they're not stressing about how many posts to put out per week rather than how much content can I fill in in this one piece. Yeah, and really the big key about all of that is that catching the pieces that are going to grab attention, creating those little bits, pieces that are 30 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, and leading it back to the bigger content in different forms. So we, we want to be mindful of the way that people absorb content um, the neuro-linguistic programming is huge, and there's a reason it's huge, because it actually catches your self-awareness, confidence, communication, your social actions, all of those things. And if we create so that we're catching people how they learn, how they absorb information, then we've got it out there in all of those different... That's why audiobooks are such a big deal. Right? If you don't have, if you have a book but it's not in audio, well, you're missing a big part of the market because a lot of people learn better by listening than they do by reading or watching. Right? So we want to catch them how they are absorbing content. Again, it's about them and how how you're reaching them. If you want to have a conversation with them, you got to catch them where they are. Mm. 
That's beautiful. Thank you for highlighting that. Because as soon as you mentioned that, what came to my mind too was courses. And how can someone split their courses into different segments, audio pieces, written pieces, video pieces, and make it easier for people. Because like when you said an audio book, I'd rather listen to it while driving than trying to read a book while driving (laughs) on the same topic. Please don't read a book while driving. Please do not (laughs) try that. If you're parked in a parking lot, okay. But please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the thing, and you brought up courses. So for course creators, uh, you know, it's people have a hard time with courses because they have to dedicate a large amount of time each day, week, month to the content. So there is, and I'm losing the term right now, but there's a proven system of absorbing information that's 20 minutes, then a break, 20 minutes, then a break. Do you happen to know the terminology around that? No, 20 minutes and a break. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to find it. (laughs) But so if you set a timer for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and then you take a five minute break and you do that all day long, the same is uh, with absorbing course content. We want we want to make it in bite-sized pieces of 20 minutes or less on regular intervals. So you can give me 15 minutes of your time a week, 15 minutes of your time a day even, some people, right? An hour, that's a little bit harder. So when you create your course material, if you can create it so that it's 20 minutes or less of digestible content, I'm going to learn and I'm gonna get through the material easier. I'm also gonna retain the information better. That is sweet. Right, and it's easy to market the content. I've got 15 minutes of an instruction video for you. I'm gonna put out 30 seconds of a bite-sized bit that's gonna catch your attention to to draw you into that content. Mm Mm-hmm. So if I have six modules and each module is broken down into those 15 second bits, let's do it, six modules of a course, 15 minutes each, that's 30, you know, it's easy to create content, (laughs) now we've got 30 pieces of content. That's true. interesting when you reverse it okay when you think backward on it like take the whole and then break it into bits instead of looking at the whole and going oh my gosh this is overwhelming <laughs> this is overwhelming that is true you know this is giving me ideas as we're speaking because that <laughs> you know because it's 90 minutes it's 90 minutes six modules 15 minutes each section and if someone in audio, someone in video, maybe the introduction is a video, then in between are audio so that you can just track yourself and then the last two are maybe videos. That way it feels like you're actually challenging yourself. Now, some people say that, okay, does that evaluate the cost of the course? If I'm paying $2,000 for 90 minutes and somebody else is paying $5,000 for 30 modules, is that the, like, what validates the, the price that's what I'm trying to ask because a lot of people are like, 90 minutes, I'm going to pay all that? Come on. <laughs> so price is, um, there's a psychology around price. And it really is, the value of it is the value to the person that you're 
selling it to. So you can put a, whatever price you want on anything. You're just going to catch a different person because of it. Mm. So price psychology has to do with the type of individual you're attracting. So that is not my game. That's not where I excel. There's amazing philosophy around it. The same course could be hundred dollars or five grand. The hundred dollars is attracting an individual probably knows 90% of what you got in the course already. The five grand is attracting the individual doesn't know anything about it and actually has some money to spend, mm. right? So there, but there is a huge psychology around it. You're catching people at different levels with your price point. That is true. I like that you said that because now it gets people thinking where they're going to spend their time and how well they're going to do it. Even free courses have a lot of time consumption in it. And some people are like, am I going to take this free five hour course and learn something or am I just going to try it myself and then spend five years trying to figure it out? You know, it's, it's kind of like about the balance. But I love what you said about breaking it down because now your online presence back to online presence really gives you that strong forefront that okay i know how long this person's course is because when people are pitching their courses you don't know how long it is you don't know how many modules are in you don't know what the frequently asked questions are like there's no understanding all you know is the price and that is like a red flag already you know there there are people too out there that spend easily and they spend maybe small amounts quickly and often, right? Mm-hmm. But then there are those that spend large dollar amounts and make an investment. So the way I see it, uh, I want to be catching individuals that are willing to make an investment. You know, I like I'm that. serious about knowing and learning this information because I can see the value that it's going to give to me in my personal or business life in my relationships, whatever it happens to be geared toward. So there, again, the difference between do you want the person that's buying and probably will never even take in the content or do you want the person who's making an investment? I definitely want the person making an investment because yeah. it just makes me feel better that they're serious compared to someone who has never opened the course and expects to see a sudden change in their business. Sure. And there's that lifetime value of a client, too. Now you've caught somebody that will go through the material, probably give you a review, probably buy something else that you have to sell, and stay a part of a business relationship with you. So, again, that's the the transaction versus relationship mentality of things. I want to build relationships. I am not interested in transactions at all. I want to make an investment in somebody. I want to make an investment in something. Um, I'm invested, <laughs> you know, in, and that's, that's, that's a mindset too. And visibility has a lot to do with that. If you're not creating content that speaks that language, you're not going to attract those people. That's true. That's 100% true. I love that we're talking about this today because a lot of people don't know what to do or what to expect, especially when some of them have been burnt 
you know they pay for courses and they they don't get what they paid for or they don't even know what they bought you know they don't know what they actually got themselves into but i think it's also based on that credibility online and that online presence how do you position yourself out there and what platforms do you actually use to attract those type of people that you're looking for yeah and, and I think it's asking the questions, not only of yourself uh, when you're creating the branding and the conversation and the attraction, uh, but also asking the questions out there on social media. I mean, one of the top engaging posts on Facebook is to ask a question. So, you know, you definitely want to be, that's research, that's exploratory. People are... Uh, opening envelopes in their brains as soon as a question is asked. You have to answer. It's you're, We're almost compelled as soon as a question is asked to answer. Whether we respond to it publicly online or not is different. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, how, how personal am I getting on this person's feet? I have no idea who they are. So the, the key is the, the, the type of question for engagement because we don't want everybody's to feel like they're putting their laundry out there just by answering a simple question, right? Especially publicly. But that that is very important tool to use for everything we do. Ask the questions, become aware, pay attention. Those are very, very important keys. Yeah, I think so too. Asking the right questions is important because the right questions will bring you the right answers and the right people. And increase visibility. <laughs> exactly. That's the best part because now they are sharing your content without you telling them to do much. But because you impacted one person, that network becomes even wider as you go. So that definitely helps a lot of people to understand where they should be where they are and how they should focus on that. But one of the last questions I would like to ask is this. There's a huge thing about imposter syndrome. Yeah. So how does someone get over that and not feel... I mean, it's a personal thing. I don't know how someone can, you know, figure that out on their own. Do you know what? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I mean, I have imposter syndrome every day. Uh, so it's be the best you can be every day, better yourself. Uh, and, you know, imposter syndrome is something I think, me, I just accept. I've just come to accept it's not going away. <laughs> I'm going to do anyway. Just keep doing you. Uh, yeah, I think imposter syndrome can come up a whole lot for people who try to be something they're not. That could be the biggest challenge, is that get very, very clear that this is you, this is real, this is definitely something that's true to your nature versus something you're pretending to be. I'm trying to be in this space because, I mean, it looks good. I think, I think I could play here, but are you sure? And as you start to be in a particular area with certain people and, and having those conversations and, and playing and sharing, you can feel inside 
whether or not that resonates with you, whether or not that's a true place, or whether or not you're trying too hard. Mm, I love that. Okay. You will naturally gravitate places that you need to be. Right? And your skills will grow along the way, but I really do believe that it takes a lot of listening to yourself, a lot of listening to the results of your your conversations, the results of your engagement, you know, those interactions with people when we have them all the time. I mean, could, I could be at the grocery store and I have this interaction with some person in an aisle or in the lineup and I, I'll look back on that, right? We look back, we reflect on it and I can say I either liked that engagement or I didn't. And the same thing is it's no different than online you want to do that too. And imposter syndrome comes up when I wasn't authentic in that engagement. I was, I hate that word, sorry. I hate hate too, that's another word I don't like. Authentic gets overused, but you know when you're being you, the real you versus the you you think you want people to see. So imposter syndrome can come up when very strong and live hard in your life when you're being someone you think you want people to see versus who you are i think that makes it easier for people to actually process that because they're thinking too hard about what people think instead of wondering how i feel when i'm myself Feelings are so very, very important, but we have to be somewhat self-aware of our, what's going on and paying attention. I did an interview with a, a leadership coach recently, and he talked about self-awareness. We haven't even released the episode yet, but it's just so important. Self-awareness is the most important thing to creating conversations that matter in your life, in someone else's life. that is true that is true i think a lot of people are going to enjoy this episode and rewind it because you can't get it all in one sitting (laughs) you have to think about it process it apply it practice it come back take notes and think about where you want to be so that you can be the best version of yourself as you said and that gives you the visibility that you're looking for because the right people you know like attracts like so whichever people like you you attract them because you have some type of likeness but i love that it's all coming up because if you hadn't asked the questions it wouldn't exist right (laughs) you're asking wonderful questions you're welcome anytime anytime I would ask this last question because I know we talked about reading and being open. What is the number one book that you would recommend our listeners to go on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever they get their books from and purchase today? The Prophet is my favorite book. And it came to me when I was a teenager, and I have said this more than once, so forgive me for repeating myself. And I think I even um, mispronounce the name often. 
of the author because it's it's really a poetry book it's prose and um, yeah that's I'm gonna get the proper spelling of the name because I say it wrong and it's uh, Kahalil Gibran so K-A-H-L-I-L G-I-B-R-A-N The Prophet mm. uh, maybe you could pronounce that better for me I'm going to have to get the proper pronunciation of it Yeah. so this has been around since 1923 uh, you know it's a classic It and it just it speaks to me on so many different levels so I think it changed actually my entire life wow and that's 99 years ago well, 1923 is when it was published, but when I <laughs> was a teenager, that's, and I don't know if I want to give away my age exactly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I was probably, it was actually my 14th birthday that that book was given to me. Wow. That's special. Yeah. It has, it, it's very special to me. Very special. Wow, thank you for giving us that because I don't think we've heard that ever on the show. So that's that's somewhere I think a lot of people are going to start. They're like, the prophet. Okay, I'm going to find that. So we'll definitely have it in the show notes for accessibility purposes too. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Wow, Jennifer, you have brought the heat. You brought all, <laughs> you brought the fire, the earth, the wind, you brought everything. <laughs> together <laughs> exactly <laughs> this was a pleasure thank you so much if there's any way they can connect with you maybe they want to reach out to you what options do they have available oh my gosh brand new I just actually branded an umbrella for everything and it's visibility pod on every platform out there on Twitch, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, what are the rest of them? TikTok, YouTube, brand new, brand new. Just actually built all the platform for it the other day. So please, uh, the email there is visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. And that's plural. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Wow definitely that's a big one and i'm glad that you were able to let us know so we can let people know more about you know how to be visible online how to stay connected and you need to build yours like you say let's build yours let's build it you know because yeah. if you don't build it exactly you know we got to trade <laughs> yeah right on exactly. looking forward to sharing you too favor appreciate it thank you so much jennifer Thank you. Have an amazing, amazing day. Oh, how can I not after this conversation? <laughs> Anytime. Thank you. You're welcome.